Thank you very much. If you get your Bible, please, I want to finish uh, tonight and the next lesson will be the last lesson on the book of Romans. And I would like for us to go to chapter 15, to the book of Romans. I've learned so much over the years out of this book because it's where I got saved at. But it's also meant so much to me in teaching. Uh, I guess the two books that I study more than any other book is the book of Romans and the book of Hebrews. And I try to study them together. Uh, and so it, if you get a chance, when you when you study Romans, got time just to read, uh, just read the book of Romans and follow it up with the book of Hebrews, and you'll learn a great deal because the book of Romans has to do we're saved by grace and then the, the book of Hebrews is about the law and how we got saved out from under the law we're not under law anymore we're under the day of grace and, and Hebrews explains that we have a greater Savior now uh, than bulls and goats we have the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior that's what the book of Hebrews is about but tonight I want to read just the first seven verses of chapter 15 of the book of Romans. We then are strong, or to bear the infirmities of the weak, not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good edification. For even Christ pleased not himself. But, as is written, the reproaches of them are the reproaches thee, fellow beings. For whatsoever things were written before time were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one towards another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive you one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Heavenly Father, we approach this chapter tonight with so much in our heart, Lord, and so much we would like to say. We don't have time to explain it all and and just uh, to glory in the whole chapter. But we would like to bring out some things, Lord, to our attention tonight if you'll give us the Holy Spirit's wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In verse 1 says, We then are the strong, ought to be the infirmities of the weak. What he's talking about, if you've been saved, and if you've been saved for a very amount of time, you ought to grow. You ought not to be babies anymore. You ought to grow to mature Christians. Don't let it, everything in the world bother you. I know that uh, I spent... I don't know how many hours one time with a man trying to show him that abstaining from things, abstaining from eating certain things, has nothing to do with your salvation. Uh, I'm saved by the grace of God. I can eat whatever I want if I ask God to bless it. And I can prove that to you from the Word of God. But what it's saying, though, don't get in an argument about it. Now, I do believe you can do this. You can explain things to people out of the Word of God, try to get them to understand it, but there's no use to arguing about it. What good would it do to 
suppose you didn't like apple pie and I liked apple pie and we could spend all night uh, arguing about is apple pie good for you or not and uh, that had nothing to do with your salvation so why should we get in an argument about such things we're both Christian we're both saved and so uh, the stronger ought to bear the weak and so that's what chapter 15 is about now but uh, the thing that I want to bring to your attention first of all tonight is if you study the book of Romans the first three chapters of Romans deals with man's need for righteousness Romans 3.23 says, For all of sin it comes short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10, As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. Verse 12 says, There is none that doeth good, not, no, not one. So the first chapters of Romans deal with man's need for righteousness. He's a sinner. Uh, the second one, uh, number 2, Romans chapter 4 and 5, deal with imputation of righteousness or God's righteousness uh, received or revealed in us. Chapters 4 and 5 deals with how men are saved. If you would wanted to explain to anyone how to be saved, you could take the first five chapters of Romans and explain to them, for instance, number one, all men are sinners. Number two, you can explain to them why all men are sinners. Number three, all men are accountable to God. Number four, how God provided for salvation in Christ Jesus. Number five, the basics of salvation. Now, all of those things are given to us in the first five chapters. And so, uh, when you study that, keep that in mind. Now, the first five chapters in chapter 6, 7, and 8 deals with righteousness demonstrated our Christian victory. Now, up to chapter 5, tells you how to get saved, how to be made righteous. But then in chapter 6, 7, and 8, deals is Christ in us, how to let that come out of us to the rest of the world. We demonstrate our Christianity. Then chapters 9, 10, and 11, deal with God's relationship to Israel. What is the place of the Jew in this present church? age. What is the relationship of the Jew to the Christian? And how has all this worked out? And what is the final place of the Jew? And all this is discussed by Paul in chapters 9, 10, and 11. Now, especially chapter 10, 9, and 13. And in chapter 12, take a, takes a direct turn from the doctrinal to the practical. One of the greatest passages of scriptures on Christian living is chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, where he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now that's practical living. We mean we need to remember as Christians, and this chapter, chapter 12, is to Christians, it is impossible to live out the rest of chapter 12. Uh, Christian living until you have gone through verses 1 and 2. That is the beginning place of Christian living. Once we have understood our position in Christ, that is the message to surrender ourselves to Christ Jesus before we can learn to walk as the Lord would have us instructed to walk in the Christian faith 
You can't do it unless you present your body as a living sacrifice on the Lord. Then chapter 13 deals with Christians and evil government. And what is man's responsibility towards authority? That is a very important chapter to the Christian. Because our government is drifting further and further away from the Scriptures and what God says in the Bible principles of government. And we must know how we are to go as Christians in obeying complete civil authority. And where does our loyalty to God begin? The fact that we are under authority of civil government and authorities and how we are to, uh, we are to uh, grow. And then it's spelled out in chapter 13. The fact that we are under authority, we are to obey authority until authority contradicts the clear teachings of the scriptures. Then chapter 14 is God's rule for doubtful things. If there's anything in your life that you're doubtful about in this chapter, you have three levels of obedience taught. The first level is thou shalt not. And the Bible goes through it and tells you thou shalt not do certain things. Either you will obey it in the first level of obedience or you will not. It's that simple. If God says thou shalt not, it's just simple as this. You'll either do it or you won't. Then the second level of obedience is a level of principle. All things that God wants of us is not written out in black and white in the Scriptures. There are some things that are not taught in Scripture directly. They're taught in principle. The second level of obedience for a Christian is then, will I live by the principles of things that are not directly spelled out in Scripture? God left something to man's discretion because He wants us to grow in grace and in truth. Uh, from milk uh, to meat in the Word. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. Now, as I learn and develop knowledge in the Scriptures, my senses become exercised as I use the knowledge that I have from Scripture. The third level of obedience is called the law of love. That's chapter 15 and chapter 16. That's where we're at today, tonight now. In chapter 15, see, that's the law of love. Now, in chapter 15, verses 1 through 7, it's a great thing to treat a weaker brother in the spirit of love. But it's a greater thing to treat him in the spirit of Christ. If I say I love you, it's one thing. But what we want to get people to understand, Christ loves you more. And more than that, if Christ loved me, if there's one thing I learned in, a, in, a, in being in the ministry, there is some people I just can't get along with. I don't care. You can say, well, preacher, that's terrible for you to say something like, yes, it is, but there is some people everybody can't get along with, all right? How are you supposed to treat them? You're supposed to, this is the way I come to the conclusion, if Christ can forgive me of what He's forgiven me, I can surely forgive you. Amen? And that's the Christian law of love. You say, I love you, brother, but how do you love me? I want to, love, I want to learn to love you in the Spirit of Christ. Now, the Spirit of Christ demands that we take the hard road. Now, there are three things about this road Paul wants us to see. In verse 1 and 2, it is a cross-demonstration road. Demonstrated road. Selfishness. 
has no part in the Christian life. Now, I want you to listen. Paul is not telling us to continually give in to a weak brother or desires. But we are to act in a way that will be to his everlasting benefit. We're to help him in his weaknesses. <clears throat> I've told you about this uh, lady years ago in our church where we used to go to church, and one of them just had a bad odor, and she was sitting right behind her every week, and she'd come to me and I said, Pastor, you got to go tell her. She's got to clean up. She just smells bad. I said, not me. <laughs> I ain't going to tell her nothing. And uh, she said, uh, well, I can tell you, I can be a help to her, and I know how to help her. And I said, you listen to me very carefully, and I mean this. If you go speak to her at all, you better pray much about it, and you better pray in love about it, that you want to help her, not just condemn her. And she went and showed her, and uh, explained to her that she could wash her clothes differently and take care of her gently so, and she uh, was a better person for it, and they become close friends. Now, there's a great difference in condemning somebody in anything that they're doing and trying to help them. And in Christian life, we're to help them, but you better pray about it much before you say anything to anybody's faults. Because that's uh, where to take the cross, demonstrate. Cross, uh, when, when you think of the cross, you think of Christ never thought of himself. He went to the cross for you. Amen? And when it comes to helping the weaker brother, we've got to be careful about that. It's the Christ displaying road. Verse 3. Look at chapter 15, verse 3. For even Christ pleased not himself, but it is written, the reproach of them reproach thee fell on me. I had a, a, a deacon's wife years ago in the first church I went to. She just tell people like it is. I mean, if they did something wrong, she just go up to them and tell them they done wrong. And uh, so one day I was talking to her and I said, you know, you need to really pray about this thing. And she said, well, if it's true, I got to tell them the truth. I said, is that right? I don't like that stinking dress you got on. How you like that? She didn't like that. I didn't say it just like that, but anyhow. Uh, you ain't got to tell them the truth right off of time just because they're not wearing something or, or doing something that you don't like. You better pray about it and, and how the Christ-like wrote about it and not please yourself and not just say whatever you want to. Thirdly, it is a character developing road. Now look at verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Did you know you can take a lot as a Christian? You really can. I mean, sometimes we want to retaliate. But I can't find that in the Scriptures. I used to have a preacher that and said he'd get in the scripture, he said, God said turn and cheat if somebody slapped you, but he didn't tell you what to do after that, so beat him up after that. And no, I can't find that in the scriptures. The scriptures is, the truth is, uh, forget, you know that uh, the Bible taught Peter, he said, how many times are we supposed to forgive people? He said seven times seventy. I believe it's, if I remember right. I know, I know it has to do with seven. And somebody said, okay, seven times seven, that's 140. 
Let's see what 740. That's 140? Is that right? 140 times. He says, okay, I'm going to count them down now. When I get to 104, I'm going to knock him out. I said, no, I ain't what that was talking about. Seven is perfection. Seven times 70 is complete perfection. And what that's talking about is you forgive somebody completely. You ever heard somebody say, I forgive you, but they ain't going to forget it, brother. And they'll bring it up every time you turn around. No. Christ-like forgiveness is forgetting it. I mean, forget it. Christ is developing road is verse 4. These things are written for our growth. Amen. The Spirit of Christ demands that we take not only the hard road and the high road, but verse 5. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like mighty one towards another to Christ Jesus, according to Christ Jesus. The high road to rejoicing with other believers and complete to happiness is the local church. I love this. That you may with one mind, one mouth, glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what makes a beautiful church? It's when, when, when every member of the church is in accord. There's not divisions in the church. There's not fussing and fighting in the church. It's like a man come to me several years ago and he said, Pastor, I want to teach you adult Bible class. And we had a pretty good size adult Bible class at, at the end. And I said, what are you going to teach him? First of all, I knew I wasn't going to let him do it in the first place because I knew what he believed. And, uh, but he, he, I said, what are you going to teach him? And he told me. I said, no, you're not. You know good and well I don't believe in that. But you're going to get in there and teach them that, the whole thing? And I said, uh, brother, that's division. you got to, this, this Bible don't change, okay? Now let me give you something. Every member of the church ought to be like-minded when it comes to scriptures. In other words, every member of the church must believe in, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, that plus nothing, minus nothing. You can't have a church group, a whole church full of people, and one believe in speaking in tongues, another believe you're saved by feelings, another believe I saw the light, and, and another believes I'm just saved by the grace of God, I ask Christ to save me. No, no, no. You must believe the Scriptures in accordance. That's Christ-likeness. There's only one Christ, only one salvation, only one way to Christ. Uh, to God, that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and we must be in accordance with that if you're going to have peace in the local church. Then there's a high road uh, that leads to reception of other believers and consequences to true spiritual hospitality in the local church. Look at verse 7. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. I love that. The argument has come around a complete circle. Paul begins by telling us that God has received the weak brethren in verse in chapter 14, verse 3. He finishes by reminding us that Christ has received us with all our weaknesses and wickedness, with all our lack of loveliness, defects, and character, and spiritual infirmities. Jesus still received us. Then he said, 
How can we close a door of fellowship to someone else then who is saved, who has different problems? Did you know I would, I would be willing to say that everybody in this room tonight has different problems? Amen? I went over to my late place Tuesday and I got the biggest old tree over you ever seen blow down around my yard. I got a problem. How many of y'all got an old tree blew down in your yard? You got one? I'm not, I got the whole I got the whole tree. I got a problem you ain't got. Well, bless my soul, I ought to get on to you because you ain't got a problem like I got. You just got a few limbs in your yard. You know, I got a whole tree. Why don't you come over here and help me get my tree out of my yard? No. You got a problem? I got a problem. You got a problem? Everybody got a problem. Amen? And there's not a person in here that don't have a set of problems to yawn. And the Bible says, makes it very plain, how are we going to treat people that has different problems? Oh, you can't come into fellowship of this church or you got this problem. You can't be part of the fellowship. You can't sing in the choir. You can't play an instrument. you got this problem. And brother, I've been in those kind of churches. And what you got in those kind of churches is contention all the time. Hard feelings and fussing and arguing and fighting. You know what? Listen to this. If Christ can forgive me of all of my weaknesses and wickedness and lowliness and defects of character and spiritual infirmity, and He still loves me, I can love you then in Christ Jesus. God says for us to beware of the spirit of Diotrephes. In Third John, verses 9 and 10, yeah, I read that one day and I was reading 3 John and I said, my goodness. How would you like a reputation like the Diopathies? He caused trouble in the church. Divisions in the church. Everywhere he went, he caused division in the church. How would you like that? How that kind of reputation and it recorded in God's Word for all eternity. God would put your name down in His Word for all eternity. Because you're a troublemaker in God's church. And he used that as an illustration. Don't be like that. This man wouldn't even receive the Apostle Paul. But we're not to be like him. Without the Spirit of Christ, we're to love the brethren. Weak or strong. Everybody don't know the Word of God. Did you know it's very important... Let me put it this way. Did you know when I got saved, all I knew was that I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. I trusted Him completely by the knowledge that I had of the Word. A man showed me that Jesus is my Savior. He died on the cross and His shed blood would wash all my sins away. I said, I believe that. And I took Christ as my Savior. I didn't know all of the things of the church. I didn't even know how the church was run. I didn't even know... What, bab- what baptism stood for, literally. I didn't know all the things that was taught in the Bible. All I knew, I was saved. I was a baby. I wonder how many t- things that are done so wrong trying to serve the Lord in the beginning. And I've had people come up to tell me, and, and now Mr. Harden reminds me of it all the time, what a hard preacher I used to be years ago, and I'm mellowing out, now I'm old age. Well, I, I don't want to mail out, amen? But at the same time, I'm glad I learned. 
I'm glad I'm getting to learn the Word of God. I learned how to treat things and to do things. That's what our Christians are supposed to do. And if you ever get this in your head, learn to treat people like Christ treats you. And you'll be a better citizen. And you'll be a good church member. And you'll be a better Christian to serve the Lord. Amen? And that's the way chapter 15 of Romans. Now remember this. He took us from the very beginning. A plan of salvation brought us all the way up. Explained how we got saved and everything. He brought us over to chapter 15. Now he says to us how to treat the brother. And I like what Brother Rudolph taught on. I know it was Dr. Tom Wallace uh, preached on the road, Romans Road. And uh, he put on a whole book of Romans. He said the last chapter is Paul. And we'll get to that next week. Is Paul standing out on the back porch said, waving goodbye. And that's one of the most beautiful pictures, chapter 16 of the Bible you'll ever read. Heavenly Father, will you go with us on our way home? Watch over and keep us. Thank you for each one who's come. Bless we do pray tonight in Jesus' name.